This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. You're listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Science Focus magazine team. We're the UK's best-selling Science and Technology Monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store. Hello and welcome to the Science Focus podcast. I'm Thomas Ling, staff writer at BBC Science Focus magazine. What is your favourite animal? If you know anything about them, the mantis shrimp might well be your top pick. Dwelling in shallow tropical waters, these mysterious predators not only wield one of the strongest punches in nature, but also a recently discovered one-of-a-kind visual system that has left scientists stunned. One of these scientists is Dr. Martin Howe from the University of Bristol. Today he joins me to reveal more about mantis shrimp and their remarkable abilities. So I guess I should start from the top and ask, what is a mantis shrimp? Well, a, a mantis shrimp is neither a mantis nor a shrimp. It's its own group of animals, its own order called the stomatopods. Um, and they're a very ancient lineage of crustaceans. They diverged from other crustaceans about 400 million years ago. So uh, yeah, very interesting and diverse group that is very different from any other crustaceans that we know about. And how many um, species are there of mantis shrimp? There are a lot of species of mantis shrimp, several hundred, um, and they're as diverse as as you can get. So they'll 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 the smallest adults are about an inch long, and then the longest are almost a foot long. So they're pretty pretty diverse in their range of body shapes and uh, and certain color patterns as well. They really look very different. Okay, um, I guess the people that have heard about mantis shrimps would have heard about their extraordinary punch. Um, what can you tell me about this? Yeah, mantis shrimp have got one of the, uh, the strongest punches uh, underwater. It's one of the fastest feeding movements uh, that we know of. Um, and what they do is they ratchet up a muscle in their arms and then uh, release a trigger, which releases this um, uh, incredible force of the blow. And as it hits, it hits so hard that it vaporizes the water in between the, the club and the object it's hitting, uh, creating cavitation bubbles, which are very destructive. So it's a very powerful thing, not something you want to accidentally have whacking your finger. <laughs> so what is so special about these bubbles then? Like, why are they so damaging? So what happens is that um, the, the intense pressure that's created between the, uh, the club and the um, the object uh, causes the water to essentially to, to vaporize, to steam, and that causes tiny micro bubbles. And the, the, the pressure that is then re-released after these bubbles collapse uh, creates a second shock wave, effectively. It's the same force that destroys boat, boat propellers when the uh, propellers are spinning too fast. What about the other kind of weapons that some mantis shrimp wield. I understand sort of punching isn't their only um, 
way to attack a prey. Yeah, so there are two types of mantis shrimp. There's the smashers, which have got the punching arms, and there's the spearers. Now, spearers have got arms that look a bit more like a praying mantis arm. Uh, and so they're essentially, they're, they're barbed spears um, that they use for, for spearing soft prey. So they'll tend to hunt things like fish or, or squid or things like that, whereas the smashers will hunt hard-bodied prey like crustaceans and shellfish. Both soft-shell and hard-shell animals are full of protein, so this is a high-energy diet, which is what they need for this very active lifestyle that they have. They're very active predators. Um, and so the soft-bodied animals, um, well, you know, will, will give you protein, and, and the, the, but you need a different system for dealing with those. And so the spears are really good for impaling soft bodies, while the hammers are very good for smashing hard protective layers. So using these different weapons, do they hunt in different ways or do both these type of mantis shrimp hide and then leap out at their prey? Yeah, they do differ a little bit. So the spearers tend to be ambush predators. And what they'll do is they'll build a burrow and then, then they'll camouflage themselves in the entrance of this burrow, looking very inconspicuous, sometimes with a layer of mucus covered with sand. So it's essentially like a trapdoor. Um, and then when an unsuspecting fish swims overhead, they'll shoot out um, and spear this, um, this fish and pull it down underground where they'll devour it later. Um, whereas the, um, the smashers tend to be a bit more of a foraging species. So they'll go out and they'll, they'll ramble around their environment until they find a suitable prey item and then they'll smash it to pieces. So do the mantis shrimp use their spears and their punches against um, others of their kind? They, they do. So they, they have a very interesting um, territorial and uh, courtship uh, process, which involves um, these weapons. Um, so, for example, one of the, the most dangerous things for a mantis shrimp is to get caught up in a territorial dispute. Um, and what they do is they have a, an escalating combat. So rather than going uh, full on trying to destroy each other, they'll, they'll escalate gently with something that we call bottom bashing. So what the male will do, what, what one of the rivals will do is it'll curl its tail around in front of it and then its rival will just give it a little tap and then they'll take that in turns, tapping each other, escalating and escalating until one of them backs down. Now, if those are very evenly size matched uh, animals, then that can escalate to cause damage and even death. So these are dangerous animals, not just for, other, for their prey, but also for each other. I guess one of the most remarkable thing about the mantis shrimp that people might have heard of is their uh, amazing vision. Um, so what is it that's so special about mantis shrimp eyes? This is a fascinating topic and one that uh, several researchers have spent their entire careers looking at because they're really incredible animals. They have the most complex visual system really known, known to science. It's really incredible. So um, one of the ways that it differs from other vision is its diversity of color. So we, for example, uh, have three different color channels, a red, green, and a blue in our eyes, which we use for discriminating the rainbow of colors that are visible to us. Um, most other animals have something similar. A few species will have a few more color channels. But a mantis shrimp just does them all to dust. It has 12 different color channels. That's way more than any other animal, uh, including several in the UV. So they can discriminate different ultraviolet colors um, as well as the visible range. 
Um, and then layered on top of that, they also have sensitivity to a property of light that we can't see, which is the polarization of light. So this is to do with the angle of light waves. And we don't usually think about it unless we wear Polaroid sunglasses to screen out polarized glare. But these animals can actually see that as an extra channel of information. It's like an extra color that's visible for them, but not for other animals. So what exactly is polarized light? So the polarization of light is a tricky thing to, to describe. But essentially, if you think of light as a wave, uh, we, we, we think of it as an electromagnetic wave in the spectrum. Those waves, as they travel through space, they have an orientation. So the, the wave could be a vertical one or a horizontal one or any angle in between. Um, and beams of light where all the, all the, um, uh, the waves are, are, are lined up uh, are called polarized. Um, and that happens when light reflects off objects or scatters in the, in the air. Um, and so we tend to use Polaroid filters to try and filter out this polarized light either in the form of Polaroid sunglasses or in Polaroid filters that photographers sometimes use to screen out um, the, the glare from, from the sky, for example. Um, fishermen love to use Polaroid sunglasses because it helps them to screen off the reflected light from water so you can see fish underwater. Um, so imagine having these Polaroid sunglasses built into your own vision so you can see that as an extra channel of information. And that's what these animals do. So, yeah, how exactly do they use this polarized light then? It's very useful underwater because in the background um, in general underwater is very polarized, whereas the objects in front of it tend to be unpolarized. And so what that does is it gives you an extra bit of contrast uh, that you can use for detecting either predators or prey. Um, and so that's one of the main reasons that they use it. But then the other thing that they do is they actually signal to each other using polarized patterns. So we, we're, we're familiar probably with the colorful patterns that these mantis shrimp have, but some of these colors are also very strongly polarized. And that means that they can see that as a polarized, essentially a color that's polarized, um, whereas other animals can't. So can they effectively use polarized light to communicate with each other? Yes, and, and it, it's essentially a, a secret form of communication because most of their predators can't see the polarization of light. I think most big fish um, are, are a bit more like us in that they can see, usually, usually they can see brightness and a bit of color, but they can't see any polarization. So if you can signal to your, uh, to your other members of your species in polarization, then that's, that's basically like a secret spy signal. So what sort of messages do they send to each other using this secret spy channel? Uh, they'll send the same sort of messages that color is used for. So it'll be generally, it's a, uh, I'm a big scary mantis shrimp and you need to stay off my territory. Or it'll be, um, I'm a healthy mantis shrimp, uh, come and reproduce. Uh, those are generally the two messages that, that, are, that are portrayed by most of these color patterns. Um, as mantis shrimp have 12 photoreceptors, do they effectively see more colors than humans do? That's an interesting topic and one that we've been working on for a while. Um, so you'd expect with this incredible diversity of, of uh, different sensors for color, you'd expect them to have an incredible color vision system uh, that can see sort of huge amounts of more information than we can. Um, and in our early experiments, we've tried testing how well these animals can see color. And actually, they're not particularly good at telling colors apart, surprisingly. Um, so we, for example, can tell very fine differences between different shades, for example, of green. 
whereas a mantis shrimp has very blocky color vision. So it's sort of almost like a, like it's been sort of pixelated into, into groups of colors. So whereas we can see thousands of colors, we think mantis shrimp can probably only see 12 different colors, a color that corresponds with each one of their photoreceptors. So it's a sort of a different way of seeing color completely from, from our own. And is it true their eyes move independently as, as well? And if so, how does that help them out? They have spectacularly mobile eyes. Their, their eyes can move in more degrees of freedom than any animal that we know of. Uh, one of the strangest things to watch is how they can rotate their eyes around the, uh, around the eye stalk. That's something that no other animals really do. And one of the reasons why we think they do that is that they need to move their, their color vision system around to effectively scan their environment. Their, their eyes act a bit more like, uh, like color printers or color scanners uh, than, than normal eyes. So you can imagine they've got a strip of sensors that, that sense color and you have to sort of, sort of move that, sweep that across uh, the visual scene to paint color onto it. Do they also use this um, unique color vision to find mates as well? Yes, they'll use it for recognizing each other and for finding mates and they'll use it for finding um, prey in particular. They also use their vision for constructing their burrows. So one of the species that we spend a lot of time looking at is the peacock mantis shrimp, and they have incredible um, uh, sort of builder, builder tendencies to, to pick the right materials from their environment and construct the entrances of their burrows. Uh, and they'll pay particular attention to the color uh, and texture of the different things that they're picking up. But as well as vision, they also have a very keen sense of smell. And so they'll use um, smell also to identify each other, uh, potentially make, telling the difference between males and females and so on. How can you smell in the ocean? It's much easier to smell in the ocean because you don't have to worry about things being carried on the, on the wind. If you think of chemicals actually being carried by the water and then you're detecting, it's essentially like tasting the, the chemical from the water. So... Um, when I say smell, it's probably more akin to our, what we think of as taste. So I guess the big question is, how long do mantis shrimp live for? A very good question. We don't know. So uh, it'll vary uh, massively depending on the species. So the small, uh, well, kind of one inch long species will probably be quite short lived. But the very big ones, uh, we had one living in the lab for about 20 years. Um, it was uh, collected by my, my previous um, uh, boss. And that was living in the lab for 20 years and it was still going last time I saw it. So, you know, these things can be very long lived, particularly the big ones. It's quite difficult to tell how old a mantis shrimp is though, because because they, they shed their exoskeleton when they grow, there's not really the same sort of way of kind of counting the, the rings in, in hard structures like the, the cuticle that you could do in other animals. So, for example, in fish, you can count the number of rings in the, in the bones as, as the bones get larger um, in the cartilage. But uh, in crustaceans, you can't really do that very easily. So you said then about sort of keeping a mantis shrimp in the lab. Is it true that some people have had difficulty keeping them because they can punch out of their of their casing? Uh, I, I haven't actually heard of them smashing out of an aquarium. I think that might be a bit of an old wives' tale. Um, they certainly pack a punch and they also, they, they go for weak spots. So we often uh, will keep them in um, uh, perspex-lined enclosures in our 
uh, Aquaria, and they'll find a weak point and then they'll work at it and work at it until they've, they've broken their way through. Um, so they can definitely use their punch to, 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 to damage their, their environment. Um, but then the other thing that sometimes Aquarius finds is if, if you put a, a lump of coral in your prize aquarium at home with all your lovely coral fish, you might find that over the next few weeks, your fish start disappearing for no reason. And then it turns out actually that there's a mantis shrimp living in that coral head. Um, so they can be very damaging to all the other animals in the, uh, in the aquarium if you're not careful. So probably not the best pet then. Oh, they're fantastic pets. They're very easy to look after. <laughs> you just have to treat them with respect. <laughs> okay. Um, true or false, uh, mantis shrimp are monogamous? Uh, true and false. Um, so some mantis shrimp are and some mantis shrimp aren't. Uh, and so in particular, the ones that I'm thinking of that are monogamous are these very large zebra stripe mantis shrimp. And these are the ones that grow to about a foot long. You find them on the barrier reef in Australia. And they form these huge underground burrow networks in monogamous pairs. And what will happen is that the, the male will take the role of catching fish and the female will take the role of generating the brood and the male will feed the female with the fish that he catches. And they have this amazing kind of pair bond that, that, that lasts for years and years and years, as far as we know. Very difficult to study in the wild, but uh, um, you know, I think from, from observational studies and from how we collect them, we find that they're always in monogamous pairs. So do these pairs um, raise uh, children as well? Uh, they raise the eggs. So, so what, with, with the mantis shrimp, they have a larval phase. So what happens is that the female will rear the eggs and she'll look after the eggs very diligently. She, she carries them um, on, on her sort of stomach surface, on a ventral surface, and she'll aerate them constantly and keep them clean. And then once they hatch, they'll then disperse up into the water column as larvae. They become part of the plankton. Uh, and they'll uh, float around in the ocean for, for days or weeks, and then they'll settle back to the ground um, as new baby mantis shrimp. Okay. I guess I should probably now ask, uh, what is your favourite mantis shrimp fact? Um, I think my favourite mantis shrimp fact is that mantis shrimp are the only animals that we know of that can see a very strange property of light called circular polarisation. We, we heard about polarized light, which is light that has uh, the, wa the waves go, say, up and down or left and right. So you can have vertical or horizontal polarized light. Circularly polarized light is when the light wave travels a bit like a corkscrew. So it can be a left-hand corkscrew or a right-hand corkscrew. And it happens very rarely in nature. Um, and so it's a really unique form of vision and one of the most amazing things about this incredible group of animals. Now, it's really hard to understand what circular polarization is because it's a very physics-y sort of term, but it's a type of light that we can't see, no other animals can see, but mantis shrimp can. And not only can they see it, but they actually make signals to each other um, on their cuticle that is circularly polarized. So that is a true secret communication channel. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Science Focus podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review wherever you're listening to us. More amazing facts about the mantis shrimp and their remarkable vision on sciencefocus.com, where you can also find the latest science news and stories. Thank you for listening to the Science Focus podcast from the BBC Science Focus magazine team. 
We're the UK's best-selling science and technology monthly, available in print and in several digital formats throughout the world. Find out more at sciencefocus.com or look out for us in your app store.